Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And a very warm welcome to a brand new episode of the Arabic in 60 Steps podcast. Today, I've got joining us on the podcast a very good friend of mine. His name is Ben, aka Ben Iqra, as he's known on the on the airwaves, as they say, or the airways, whatever it is. <laughs> so without further ado, let's bring him in. Assalamu alaikum, my brother Ben. How are you? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm quite excited about this one. Awesome. Awesome. No yeah, problem at all. I'm, I'm particularly um, excited about this one because it's, it's unique in the sense that quite often on the podcast, we have people who are like um, on like the teacher's side of it. And sometimes like the, the, the teachers of Arabic side often isn't so relatable for, for, for other students and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to have your perspective from a from a from a Dawa perspective as well. There's a few things I want to tap, tap into with that, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, w- would you just for context for the audience, would you speak to a little bit about your experience in the Dawa, like what your role has been in IERA and stuff like that and, and other Dawa YouTube channels? Could you speak to that just really briefly for me? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm a, I, I'll, I'll give myself a little introduction because I'm sure there's a lot of people don't know who I am. Sure. So I'm, I'm a revert to Islam or convert to Islam. I've been a Muslim for 10 years. Alhamdulillah. I got involved in the Dawa probably about four years ago, roughly maybe five I can't remember and it started with um it started with m- me actually needing the dawa because I kind of come off my dean and I and it was um dawa organizations at speakers corner one in particular called EF dawa who I watched their their youtube videos uh their command and uh while I wasn't really practicing and they reminded me why I became a muslim in the first place and it was just like uh, I I came back to the dean because of it um, I got in contact with them and they had this new Muslim support network uh, that was like just it was just like a Facebook group, um, but it was really helpful. Um, and it I, and I was like, a, you know, a flower doesn't grow in a day. I was a bit like a beanstalk. I really there was a point where I, I really exploded and I really wanted to uh, like when I was firm in my dean, really good foundation. I wanted to help EF Dower with that, with what um, they helped me with. So I started helping other new Muslims and or Muslims with doubts and stuff like that. It started there. And then um, and then I started in the background with we, during lockdown, we um, we started streaming and because we didn't we couldn't go to Speaker's Corner. So I, I helped with all of the um technical stuff like get how to sort out the uh, the stream and admin and all that sort of stuff and eventually started my own youtube channel um and uh and tiktok and i got kind of spotted by iera who are like an international dawa organization and they wanted me to come in and do a few skits for um for some of their courses that they're doing for new muslims and things and that's where it started and then they got me on rerouted which is a podcast um excuse me a podcast um uh, basically for people who do give dawah and for new muslims or reverts in their story and they got me on and then they said oh we want to do part two a month later and actually what they had planned they secretly planned me to be the host <laughs> so they so they were like oh the host's got well, what we'll do we'll just have you two have a conversation with it was a it was a guy called chris who's been a muslim nine months i've been a muslim at that time for nine years well actually i've been a muslim 11 years now alhamdulillah not 10 but um anyway so so and they said you're going to be the host and i was like <laughs> i didn't know what i'm doing and it, alhamdulillah it became a good episode and that's when i started helping with iera i did it once in a while um and a, a lot of my doubt on my youtube channel my tiktoks i um i, I wanted to create a relatable uh, someone re- that's relatable because a lot of times <laughs> with the dawa or with reminders the person such a high level of dean it still feels unattainable or they're 
not relatable with their they don't really show much about their personality or their way they've brought up and their struggles and it's just just information about the dean and what i wanted to create is something that's relatable with, that i struggle to come in that i came off the dean and i come back and that's like and it's fine if you're sinning but come back to the dean or, or if i'm a white english guy you could be a muslim too i'm not i'm not an arab now i've become a muslim and i was that's what i tried to aim at um and then i started to do a bit more work behind the scenes with dawa so and I, and now as a job i do a lot of video editing social media management and graphic design and i help dawa organizations with their youtube and stuff like that so that's what i'm doing at the moment alhamdulillah um, I had to stop my live streams and my um my videos, but inshallah, I do when I get more time, I I really want to start that again. So yeah, alhamdulillah. Inshallah. So um, something I realised is really interesting is like my last three guests on this podcast have all been people who are who are new Muslims who've embraced Islam, or perhaps new Muslim is the wrong term. Some of them, like you and Converts. I, have been Muslim for like a decade, you know, so mm. not exactly new anymore. They've uh, they've forfeited that uh, that label now, I suppose. They've outgrown it. But um, and with all of them, like the the learning of the Arabic language is is tied into their islam somehow like either they either in like in my case and um and, and one of the other brothers their cases that they actually started learning arabic before they became muslims and it actually had an influential um had an influence on their actual decision to become a muslim and part of their guidance and then in other cases it's after and um you know something really interesting actually that i noticed about um the podcast that andrew tate did recently with um with muhammad hijab um it's some of that some of that um andrew tate said was that like something that was kind of intimidating to him about embracing islam was that there's so much to learn it's something that he said mm -hmm. in that podcast which i thought was really interesting and and perhaps ties into the learning of arabic that someone like that who whatever you think of him um is a kickboxing world champion has a big audience big businesses and stuff but but he was intimidated by having to learn these things and we can imagine that one of those things is is the arabic language so i suppose if i can if i can put you on the spot a little bit here like if somebody comes to you and they're considering islam and they say to you i'm considering islam but arabic just looks so hard or like or, but arabic is so daunting what what, mm. what do you say to a person like that so I can't. I would completely empathise with it. I my my journey with Arabic's been very up and down, and, and I struggle with it. To be honest, I'm dyslexic, so so I all my life I've put language and writing and things like that aside. Like I something that I couldn't do. Um, but I think what what I would say is that you'll be surprised at because what are the requirements or the basic requirements of a Muslim with the Arabic language to get started? Cause that when you're talking about a new Muslim, you're talking, you, we're not talking about, right. You've got to go do Arabic lessons three times a week and you've got to let, read the Quran on it. So no, you just need to learn how to pray. Okay. You need to learn Fatiha and, and a few other phrases here and there. Okay. Now what, what I would say is that, I'm someone that really struggles with language, with um, memorization. I struggle with, um, I, I in the past, I've tried to learn languages and it's just been a flop. And then to look at this language that looks like wiggly lines on a, and dots on a page. It doesn't even look like letters. What's going on? You know, that's what an English person would think. Like, what's go, what, how the he, how am I going to decipher this code? How much? And when I hear the no noises, I, like, ah, and you know, ha and ha and what's going on? Like, I'm not going to be able to do it. But you'll be surprised. Allah says in the Quran that he's made it easy to, to learn, to memorize. And actually, I learned for someone that's rubbish at memorizing, for someone that's really bad with language and stuff, I learned Fatiha in like probably two weeks, maybe less. All right. And that was because I was just, I just, 
it was the first time I put my mind to it. And this is what we find with lots of new Muslims, massive intimidation. And then they realize it just clicks. Wow. And mm. Because Allah's made it easy to memorize, um, mm. you know, and you don't have to worry about exact uh, as to pronunciation. And one of the big tips I did. So when, when, you know, I was talking about the new Muslim support. I used to actually help new Muslims with the Arabic, believe it or not, when I was rubbish at Arabic. And the reason being is I came up with this um, really foolproof idiot guide to kind of memorizing Fatiha or memorizing the Quran. Um, and that was to just listen to it and write it down how you hear it. And that's it. So listen to um, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. So Bismillah, hear Rahman, hear Rahim. You just write it out on a whiteboard or something like that and just repeat and repeat and repeat until it's stuck in your head and then you move to the next line. And uh, a lot of people have success with that technique. And then later down the line, that's the, when you're more comfortable with it, that's when you can start tackling the Arabic language. You know, uh, I, would, I wouldn't I would be intimidated about learning. There's not much to learn as a as a ob obligatory thing. Mm. The most important thing is to learn to pray. So yeah, sure. that's what I'd say. I think there's a, there's a real benefit in that actually. Like lots of the, lots of the listeners who are, thinking about where to go for an Arabic teacher and things like that. I think there's actually a real benefit in, in, in finding an Arabic teacher who isn't so much further ahead than you. Cause I think sometimes when, when people become like a, a graduate in the Arabic language, have masters and PhDs in the Arabic language and stuff, sometimes they, they literally speak another language. <laughs> like when they try mm -hmm. to present Arabic. They're to, on a different level. To, yeah. They're, they're on a level that it's really hard for them to sort of empathize with, with, with the real yeah. beginners. You know, that's, that, that's definitely the case. Like I, and I, I realized this, like I try to make myself a beginner in things quite regularly, like on, on my other YouTube channels and stuff, obviously I've started learning other languages and, and other things in, in my own personal life. Cause I, it's important to, to sort of be a beginner get beginner again. But I, I wanted to bring it up to you because in our episode of, um, of Rerooted, by the way, the um that listeners should listen to um to some episode episodes of that. Cause you are a really good host, by the way, Allah Mubarak. Um obviously we we did an episode okay. together um a few months ago. When was our episode? It was like six months ago, something like that. Was it? Oh no, it's, it must be more it's more than a year ago, bro. I think. No, it isn't. It, it is. Yeah, should we check? Should we check? <laughs> yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check. Let's have a look. But e either way, it's um yeah, either way, it's it's on the iera YouTube channel and um it will be linked in my link one tree as well. But um, is it one year ago? Subhanallah. Yeah, subhanallah. <laughs> subhanallah. It's probably a bit more to be honest. Mm, November right, okay. uh, two thousand twenty-one. No way. So it is over a year ago. Wow, yeah, subhanallah, subhanallah, that goes quickly. Yeah, but um, but actually in that episode, um, Sakib actually said that when they kind of surveyed new Muslims, that the learning of the Arabic language was actually one of the biggest concerns of new Muslims, which I, um, which I thought was really interesting. Like in the moment, I wasn't I wasn't sure what to say about it. I wanted to ponder over it a little bit, but um, mm. yeah, it's um, it's important what you say about actually empathizing with, with that though. Like sometimes as an Arabic teacher, I feel like it's kind of my job to solve the problem quickly. Whereas um, th there's a lot to be said, which is empathizing with it for a minute, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you I, what I can imagine is if you've been at a high level of Arabic for years and you're speaking it with Arabic, with Arab, uh, like Arab people or, or whatever, and then you're coming to someone that knows nothing, it's hard to go back to when you were learning at first, understanding their learning styles and how they're going to absorb the information as well and deliver it in a way that they can get the most of it. And it must be a very hard thing. When I first learned Arabic formally, it, it was so hard because that the teacher, mashallah, is very good, but he, um, it, it, 
he couldn't empathize where I was. So it took a long time that I find. So, you know, that when you're learning Arabic the first time, it's the alphabet and um, a few rules here and there. And then something clicks like you. For me, it was I was completely struggling. It was like being led blindly through something. And I just uh, I struggle. I'm not remembering it. I'm doing that wrong. And then just one day it clicked and I was like, and it felt so good. Mm. like what this it's like learning egyptian hieroglyph it's like decoding this is the quran you remember there's a clip of you bro where you talk about um and i think it's from our podcast actually where you talk about having a relationship with your child in a in, but you don't speak the same language so you're translating you and 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 i think one of i'm going to go off on a different tangent here but when sure. one of the things that i've always been motivated for and it, it i kick myself for it as well is that i want to have that relationship with allah and i want to understand what allah's saying to me without his interpretation i've always had that um and that's what made me sit down get a teacher learn um the the alphabet and stuff but uh, i think one thing that we could probably all relate everyone listening here is that i quit i stopped like I, things went out of sync i missed a few lessons and then it's got too hard. and then i realized that i've i forgot a few things and now I and then ego gets in the way and you're like no but i've learned that oh, just leave it and then you go back and forth and back and forth with the arabic language so i've kind of stagnated for a couple of years now because of that um and it's something that i want to overcome but mm. I think having a teacher, because uh, you got a, uh, you having an actual teacher that you get on with that that teaches you in a way that he and he or she understands you and stuff like that. You you have that accountability as well. So you're doing it for you for the sake of Allah. You're doing it for your sake, and then you're doing it for this other person. You've 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 now that's kind of your authority on that thing and you like oh damn if i don't do this and sam's gonna have a go at me you know <laughs> or i'm gonna look bad in front of sam so i need to <laughs> i need to get on it and that helps it helps it's a kick up the bum 100%. Um, so yeah yeah subhanallah 100 yeah in terms of um yeah like actually having a direct relationship with the quran is something which um which is obviously a main reason for, for lots of students so i think yesterday i put out a poll on my on my youtube channel on people's reasons for learning arabic and i think at the moment it's like 76 percent are learning for religious reasons and that kind of um came to attention after i put out my video on translations of the quran but it's um it, it worked out quite well and that, that video has been well received like it's um for, for anybody who hasn't watched that video if you're interested in why different translations of the Quran translate the same thing differently? That's um that, that, that's a good video to watch. It's a recent one and it's green. That that's uh that, that that'll be enough for you to find it probably at the moment. But um, yeah, because it's you know there's there's quite literally like tens, if not hundreds, of potential English translations of the Quran. And um, like when I like I'm I'm not an expert in the science of translation, but when I look at a translation of the Quran within. 10 minutes i know i know what their kind of methodology is like why they've chosen to translate something in a in a particular way yeah for sure so um i don't know so something else that you kind of mentioned um earlier made me think about like if we look at the dawah um kind of scene in the english-speaking world we've got we've got characters who have very different levels of arabic do you know what I mean? Like there's some people, like for example, we could point to people like Muhammad Hijab, for example. Like he's a person obviously of English, of, of Egyptian background. And like mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of his interviews in Arabic, and his command over Arabic is just immense, you know. And like he he obviously has a particular role in the in the dawah that can be 
that can be um, appreciated by people who are perhaps more academic or perhaps people who already mm-hmm. have some Arabic or or even Muslims themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot, a lot of his audience will be people who are Muslims and and can uh, can um, you know and and can access that. But you know, there's a lot to be said for people in the Dawa who can still do Dawas. And in fact, and in fact, and in fact, maybe an important message that you can still be in the Dawa even if you're not a person with with fluent Arabic, for example. Like there's yeah. there's people who sort of make make islam in that sense accessible to people who who would who would maybe completely switch off if they hear you you know re- referencing an ayah of the quran in arabic or a hadith in arabic or something that's um you know there, there, there's definitely the more, the, place for all of those all of those types of people yeah the more the more arabic you know the the more knowledge opens up to you and what i've realized is how little knowledge there is when you don't speak arabic um, okay because there's so many books that aren't translated to English. Um, uh, there's it, you know. Um, there's so many words that are mistranslated, which completely change the meaning. There's lots of different types of dawah. Well. He talks about Muhammad Hijab. He's in. He he does all sorts of dawah. But the one thing he's really known for is polemics, where he's uh, debating the enemies of Islam, people trying to attack Islam. And what they commonly do is they take hadith out of context or Quran out of the context. They choose, they choose specific translations or even re- retranslate things because they think they know Arabic better. And without the knowledge of Arabic, you can't battle that. Um, so I think from, I would say that you don't need to know much Arabic at all to do dawah. The, the, to do dawah is the, the message of Islam. That's what you need to deliver. Like the, the message of Islam, what, what the core tawheed, the, the idea of revelation, the idea of prophethood and so on like that. And that there's one God that created everything can really tap into the fitra of the person to then plant that seed. Because Allah is the one that opens the hearts and makes people Muslim. Our our job is just to deliver that message to plant that seed. Um, you know, the, the, in my experience, I did. I, people talked to, about Islam with, to me years before I became Muslim. And they, I didn't realize that seed was planted in my breast like uh, years before and it was growing mm. slowly and i was getting more info so so i believe everyone should be especially anyone that's living in the west that are muslim or non-muslim society they definitely should be doing a dawa everyone should be doing it in some sort of capacity and if you can't do it you should support it in some way financially mm. or if you're like if you're good at video editing and you want to do that then do you know things like that mm. um or it could be just talking to your your um the people around you your work colleagues and stuff yeah um that's an important but, distinction but when... that you make by the way so, so sorry to interrupt you i was just going to say it's an important sorry. distinction that you make between people who who do dawa as in that in some capacity they present the most important things of islam they present tawhid they present the main things that we believe and the main things that we practice right like there's a there's a difference between that and somebody who who debates a christian missionary on um mm-hmm. on whether Allah prays, right? <laughs> like there's yeah, yeah. the difference. There's a difference between those two types of people. That's that's an important distinction. Um, do you remember the point you were gonna make, or did you forget it when I rudely interrupted you? <laughs> I forgot it. Sorry. Okay, bro. brilliant. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, please forgive me for that. <laughs> maybe, 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 no, it's maybe, all right. It's all right. That's usually how it is. Isn't it? Maybe we'll come back. I think I, the, I think the main point is the main yeah the main point is you don't need to know Arabic to do dawah at all. So don't let that be a uh, you. To, like not doing dawah everyone should be doing dawah in some sort of capacity mm-hmm. um and it and if you're not then think think about it how you could do that there's lots of dawah organizations out there like i era that do free lessons or free training on how to give dawah how to have those conversations but if you have the arabic language and another language english 
or German or whatever, you you're you could do next level dower you can support you can go into academic um things you can support the ones that can't do dower um uh, sorry can't uh, that don't know arabic that do dower you know give them the information so like you said with Mohammed hijab because he knows the arabic he commands it really well mashallah he's got the he's got access to all the different books and he's using it he's able his He's at a, a, such a high level with um, academic dawah that we can lean on him. Like, mm. uh, sure, sure. Other da'i can lean on his work and use his work to, to present to people. So um, it's, it's, very, it's very important. Absolutely, so, uh, yeah. I would really like to um, sort of talk through your journey in a more of a chronological way. But, but before, we do, before we do that, I'd like to extend some words of comfort and encouragement, I suppose, to people who are maybe considering Islam or early in their journey of Islam. That Allah has not made command over the Arabic language a condition of you being a successful believer, right? As um as the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us, in Namal Aramalu bin Niyat, that the that the actions are by their intentions. The messenger messenger didn't say in Namal Aramalu bin Nataj. He didn't say the, the actions are by their results. So like really like there's kind of a really simple message of da'wah that I heard in like I can't even remember who it was actually. It was in a YouTube video that said that all Allah wants from you is your heart. Like all Allah really wants from you is your heart is for you to sincerely come to this thing with your best, right? So like, I don't know, I think usually when when people are intimidated by the idea of learning the Arabic language, it's because they've, that they've maybe at no fault of their own set the standard of them being a successful Muslim as having this amount of knowledge. Whereas like yeah. two individuals could both come to the religion and they could both have the same intention and have different results with learning the Arabic language and be rewarded equally. Or in fact, the person who struggles with learning the Arabic language may even be rewarded more if they had a more sincere intention with, with learning the Arabic language, if you see what I mean. So I'd, I'd like to kind of extend that because it's it's easy for people who who see who see the 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 Muhammad hijabs and, and other people in kind of the social media space who have a have an excellent command of the Arabic language and maybe think that there's a an expectation to reach that. And um and that that's really not the case. It, it could be it could be the, the it could be the situation that someone dedicates forty years of their life to memorizing an ayah of the Quran, just one ayah of the Quran, right? And mm -hmm. that may be heavier for them on the day of judgment than, than somebody who has memorized books in the Arabic language. If you see what I mean, like that's that's something so beautiful about how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He knows He knows the intentions and He knows what's in the hearts and He knows the sincerity that people have. So I would um I'd maybe say that. That's that's something I'd I'd like to think about before before moving on to something else. So, so to bring it kind of onto onto your experience a little bit. So obviously you you've said that you've been a Muslim for like eleven years now. Allahumma barik. That's um that's a long time, isn't it? That feels like a long time. That's like um yeah, alhamdulillah. So, so what? I mean um I don't know. May, maybe that what does that put you in like your early twenties when you embraced Islam? Yeah, I think I was twenty two or twenty one. Sure. Okay. Really, I I I was it it was um. I was very young and I wasn't mature at all as well. Okay. So I think that's what, what that's what's interesting. Because there's a lot of young people now becoming Muslim. I mean, I think the majority of people that I've come across personally have accepted Islam is in between like 18 to 25. Just from um, anecdotal, you know, um, and and with that becomes because um, you, you're maturing as a person as well. Um, and this is this this comes into it as well, because in it, I'm talking from my society in England, the the sort of lifestyle a young person is given 
is 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 shown what's the way to go is uh, to pursue your desires uh, and and what what you get is a lot of people that consume but never create if you know what i mean and when what the thing with a muslim a muslim is is kind of the opposite he's always giving he's always doing um and islam is a journey where you if you imagine islam as um as walking towards a point so you always in, when you're a muslim you always have to walk okay forward some people are legging it and they're getting many steps in some people they're doing one step at a time but the really important thing is not to stop okay you might step back a few times so that's sinning or stopping doing things you meant to but the 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 beautiful thing about a muslim is they stop they reanalyze things they repent and go forward again okay so if you step back once aim to step forward twice and i think with there's things that are obligatory with you as a muslim so that's praying and and fasting and and so on like that but there's there's a lots of things that it's about um it, acts that we do is is a part of the religion sadaqah charity being good to your neighbors there's rights of your neighbors and so on like that marriage is half your deen but actually reading the quran in arabic is a part of the religion and it's something that we should be it's not obligatory on you but it's something you should be doing like every day and having that as a part of your journey going forward and having that psychologically like you know I right as a Muslim, I'm gonna pray five times a day. I'm gonna do that. If you just implement uh, reading the Quran into that, e even if it's five minutes, one line, then then you're walking forward. Even if it is just one step, compared to Muhammad Hijab, who's legging it and he's way ahead of you. <laughs> it doesn't matter because um the intention is to get at the end, which is sure. Jannah, inshallah. And we build up good deeds in different ways. And the, our, our deeds are measured differently to others. Someone that can read the Quran in a day, maybe it, that, that person's reward is, is measured on his ability. Someone that can read takes a whole day to read a sentence. That person, Allah will give them like double the reward. If you're struggling, you get double the rewards, subhanAllah. And every word, letter you read, you get reward, which is next level. So yeah. um and 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 I'm, this is a reminder to myself to be honest man, um because th these are the reasons why I want to learn Arabic and want to be able to um just pick up the Quran and read it without problems. So for me, I, I'm a very slow reader, um and I have to then look up. Oh, I forgot what that rule is again, and and so on like that. And mm -hmm. it's, it takes me a long time, um but um but making making that goal to be able to just pick up the book and read. It, it motivates you to 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 do the do the lesson that teacher and and learn sure. the Arabic language. Did uh, you and um, I believe once you no go finish your point. Don't let sorry, me interrupt you. Sorry, again, yeah, that's all right. So <laughs> that's all right. Well, I was just going to say once you've learned that Arabic alphabet, okay, and there's some simple Tajweed rules, it does feel very empowering as well. Like it, it it's like unlocking a door of knowledge, and it's uh, you don't understand what you're saying or anything, but I can actually uh, you can start reading things and go, okay, so I was actually reciting that bit of the Quran wrong. Now I can read that it isn't a a alif, it's a ain. So I've got to go ah instead of ah. Okay, cool. Ah, oh, so I'm I meant to go ah there instead of ha. So mm. it's it, you know things like that. Um, it it just opens it up. But sorry, what were you gonna say, bro? Oh, there's kind of two things I wanted to say. I'll, I'll get one quick point out of the way and then I'll move back to the main thing. So so on, on the note of like learning Arabic in order to um, make sure that you're reading something correctly, right? 
So, um, so as I've mentioned to you before, like a big part of me, me learning the Quran was really through like listening to recitations of the Quran. Now, that was kind of my first ever um, interaction with the Arabic language. And I, I really fell in love with that. But it was, it was only really when I started putting in efforts to learn the Arabic language and, and sit with the actual book, the actual mushaf, when I realized I was making some quite big mistakes. And um, mm. like I... I remember some really big mistakes that I made in my Arabic, like really early on. And I think part of why I, I try to be really empathetic as an, as an Arabic teacher, and part of it is because I remember some of the questions I had when I first started learning Arabic. Like some of them are like are things that even people with like a really superficial knowledge of Arabic now would just think are hilarious. Like I, I remember reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, and instead of saying Surat Al-Mustaqim, as in the straight path, I said Surat al mushrikeen so the path oh, of the no <laughs> the path of the polytheists, right? Well, I, like, it, it was no one way. it was one that was corrected quickly, right? But just because I'd listened to it, and I was like, I don't know, mushrikeen mushrikeen was like a word that I'd like heard in like lectures and stuff before mushrikeen and stuff. I'd heard it more. Like it's not something that I recited in front of the masjid or anything, or like mm. I wasn't I wasn't leading the salah like, or anything like that. I was like I was early in my in my journey learning and stuff. So, which you know. is fine, isn't it? So like anyone listening now, that that's these mistakes. Allah knows your journey, and 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 once you've got, you're only judged on the knowledge you have. Hmm. And it, once you've once you've learned, oh, subhanallah, that word I've been saying wrong, and it means this. Hmm. You know, it's just you just you just yeah. make the effort to change it. But yeah, know. like I, I say this because sometimes people kind of they really read into their mistakes way too much. Like maybe think that yeah. they're they're make, making some mistakes in their early stages of learning Arabic really defined them. But like, you know, obviously that that's and what what I was thinking of earlier is I remember asking my Arabic teacher at university. So I've, I'm I'm actually at the point where I'm learning Arabic at university now and in front of a lecture hall, right? Um, so, so in Arabic, there's this little shape called a tetmod bulta that goes on the end of feminine words. Usually, it sort of goes like an up flick, and then it's like a D on the end with two dots on mm. top. That's a that's a tetmod bulta, and it makes like a te sound. So, um, that that's a letter of the Arabic alphabet, and then like the lines, the dot, the, like the lines that go on top and underneath, and the little flicks, they're called harakat, right? And I remember asking the teacher, "What's the difference between harakat and tetmod bulta? They're completely different things. They're not even in the same category, right? Like, but I, I remember just not knowing those things. Like, I remember mm. like looking at the way my teacher was explaining something, and like there was this tear on the end of a word that made like a tear sound. But then earlier on, I'd seen her say that she'd put something called a haraka on the letter tear, and it made a tear sound. So like mm. in my head, I couldn't figure out what the difference between the two of them were. But like that, that is a question, even for some of my students on step one of the Arabic and 60 steps program. That's a question that some of them might feel silly <laughs> asking me. It's not. Believe me. Send me a WhatsApp yeah, message think... and ask me that question. It's, it's not. At yeah. All. One of the things I'd say as well, just don't be uh, like, uh, I've always had this principle as well. Don't be ashamed and ask anything because you're because the only thing that would stop you asking a question because you think it's silly is ego and mm. we shouldn't really be that shouldn't be that shouldn't be it will be involved but it, you should be really um conscious of it because ego shouldn't be involved in your learning of arabic and you, you're not um you're not trying to you're not doing it to show off to maybe strangers in, a, in an arabic whatsapp group or or to to or to make it say it seem that you know more to your teacher if because if you be humble and you just go yeah i'll make this mistake it'll be fixed easier and you get to your goals quicker a hundred percent like this is really common man this is really common where it's, it's same with the quran recitation people get um you know they get the, the ego can get in a way and it's really dangerous mm. yeah true true mm. 
Yeah, subhanAllah. The, the, the idea of making mistakes is something kind of recurring on this podcast, actually, with a, a number of our previous yeah. guests. It's um, it's something that because we sort of have a culture in um, in our Islamic studies generally on kind of being um, having having authentic opinions and things being backed by evidence, being able to reference this thing that we we sometimes bring that to an almost unhealthy degree in our learning of Arabic. Where like in the actual learning of Arabic, when you're a talib, like you're a student in a classroom and stuff, you 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 really don't need to be a perfectionist in your language. In fact, often our pursuit of perfectionism comes at the expense of our actually enjoyment of it sometimes mm. and actually using it. And that's a uh, you know that's that that that's a really big shame. You know, the, 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 there was a there was a hadith I was going to share. Um, it, it's actually in reference to kind of sinning, the, the actual hadith. Um, and I, I'm not sure I remember the exact wording of it. I'll say aw kama qal. In, in Arabic, when we quote a hadith, we can say aw kama qal. Like it's this is the general message of it, if even if it's not the exact wording. Um, where the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, you know, aw kama qal, um, kullu bani adam all, all of the children of Adam, they are khata. Literally, khata means makes mistakes. The, the, the term mm. a khata isn't necessarily a sin. It can be a mistake in, in anything. Um, and the best of those who make mistakes are the ones who repent. So like, and, and the, 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 the word that he uses with Bani Adam the term khata is like in a pattern that means you always do this thing. It's in, it's yeah, inherent yeah. about you that you make it's mistakes. Bad, it's so a khata mm-hmm. is different to a khata. Someone who is a khata, it means they kind of make a mistake in that moment. They're 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 making a mistake if they are khata. But but all of the children of Adam, all of us, we we perpetually make mistakes. We don't make one or two, but the best of yeah, those who make mistakes. Yeah, the, but the best of those who make mistakes are the tawbah born. In, in terms of sins, like the term tawbah is really for sins. It's for it's for repenting for sins. But but we can apply this as well, even for making errors in other places in our lives. The the the, the best of people who make mistakes in their Arabic are those who try to improve from those mistakes. You know, yep. that's yep. A, that, that's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a parallel. From it. Yeah, if we apply that principle, we we extract that principle into into something else in our lives. That's um, yeah, that's absolutely the case. Yeah, it's kind I think um, my biggest struggle with Arabic is consistency. Okay. And the only time I've been very consistent is when I've had a, a teacher um, that I go to regularly, like if it's once a week or whatever. Um, so yeah, that that's my big mistake. And <laughs> sometimes you, we um, bury our mistakes. Are you go? You know, are you but, uh, are you are you joining our um uh, one hundred days of Arabic series that we're doing with Arabic workshop? I am, yeah, hundred okay, percent. And that's that's, and that was my step to to get out of it because it's it's all about accountability to me, um, and when things get get hard, I could put things aside, but it's hard to pick them back up again. Um, one of the things for me, I I, I was really, uh, so I joined your course, Arabic sixty six uh, steps, <clears throat> and I was on it every day. I was on it every day, and what happened was I I started my business. So I was just, you know, like a, a manager of a retail. And then I quit all that to start my um, like pr- production agency, if you like. And um, and it, I had to move offices. I completely, my life turned on its head. And um, and uh, and I stopped because of that, because I didn't have enough time. But now I've got time and I haven't started it again. So it's um, it, uh, this is why I wanted to start that, because it gives me a date to start. It gives me a goal and it gives me um, it gives me accountability. And I know those things together will make, like, inshallah, we'll get the ball rolling again. Once the ball's, ball's rolling, um, it, it's a lot easier. It's a yeah, lot absolutely. easier to be yeah. consistent. I, I would say also as well, like it's important not to judge 
to judge yourself in that like you took a pause from something to do something else in your life like we often we're we're really bad at kind of ramping up and ramping down habits and activities in our life like we even myself like if I I'm in like a workout routine at the moment and like if I if I take some time off of it or whatever if I if I slow down in it or whatever like I'm I have an inclination to think that that's like a failing in it but I think that Mm. we should we, we should really be a lot more conscious of the fact that our lives really aren't as consistent as we think they are a lot of the time. Like things mm-hmm. just come up. Like things just come mm-hmm. up. And that, that's also why I think it's so important to make your consistent habits really small. Like, mm-hmm. like even, even though like I'm sometimes sort of up and down in my in, in my training, like something I always do, I always do like five minutes of skipping rope every day. Because I really enjoy that. Like that's a type of that's a type of training that I really like. Like I, I really enjoy learning new tricks and stuff and, and things like that. And um and to actually see myself progressing in a certain skill, I, I just find it really rewarding. Like you can tell I'm excited about it when I talk about it, alhamdulillah. So but it's also really important to me that like I don't do an hour of it. Because I'll get bored of it if I do an hour of it yeah, every yeah, day. And I, yeah. we, we have this really unfortunate habit in our language that we talk about dedicating us our time to things in our slots. It, it comes from like school and from like work, like, you know, because we work in hours and like a lot of people that get paid by the hour and things like that. that we allocate hours to things, but like our brain really doesn't care about an hour. Like you, you can get a lot done in much less than that if you are focused mm-hmm. and things like that and i i think it's actually to our detriment sometimes when we set a standard of a habit that we want in our life so high like when we set ourselves to doing like an hour a day of something consistently because it doesn't take into consideration that you'll start a new job or you'll move house or your sister will get married or or whatever it is you know <laughs> whatever yeah. it is so we, we need to be better think, in, the, in the long run at ramping up and down go ahead as, uh... I was just going to say, an hour's a long time as well for people. I mean, especially as I'm a Muslim man and a Muslim woman. Like, when you're married, you've got kids. So, like, if you live in, the, like, the West like me, yeah, the society's not built to um, for one man to support a family like it used to be. Sure. It's built so two people chip in sort of thing um, because, you know, with... This is how it is, but a Muslim man that is that's not that's not how it works. We we provide for the family, so we work and we shelter our um uh, wife and children. We feed them and we give them clothes and give them what we need. And in this in this in this day and age, that's quite hard to do. Um, for like that's just every Muslim man is, is meant to do this as best they can. So you got Muslims that have two jobs, or they're working twelve hours, or they're starting their own businesses, and then on top of that, they got their ibadah. So that our obligations to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our pushing forward with other um things like going to the masjid, you know, even going to the masjid, you've got to drive to the masjid to come back. That might be like half an hour in total, or some people 45 minutes. And that's and you've only got 24 hours in the day. And you've got to spend time with your kids and so, so there's lots of thi- there's life's busy, man. So you choosing to uh, okay, I want to progress in Arabic. To 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 set your like the idea of reading and doing it for five minutes a day. 10 minutes a day it's in the mind of someone that's busy is so achievable yeah and that is be- and that you can achieve so much with that little little um little amount i mean um I, i've been i've been on a bit of a journey recently with productivity so it's kind of going a, a bit but it, it 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 um it ties in with learning arabic and and fitting it in your life <clears throat> so what I, I i you know me that i i used to be a big gamer 
I even had a gaming channel and stuff. I used to play games quite a lot. I'm too busy now. I haven't done but I still, you know. And what I'd find myself, I'd find myself playing games, like leveling up, spending hours doing repetitive things, like spending an hour grinding, like chopping down wood to get this so I could build that and all that sort of stuff. And then I was thinking like, why am I spending an hour to do this thing in a virtual world? What is it about this game that makes me want to do this repetitive thing? So I get, and then, and it was like, it's the idea of leveling up. It's the idea of what you get at the end, a reward. Once I've done that grinding for an hour of mining, I could build this thing in the game and it will make me even better in the game. So so I found this website called Habatica. Okay. And what it is, it's like a productivity website and it gamifies your life. So you, you, you sign up and you get an avatar yourself. You could be a warrior, a rogue, uh, an archer, whatever. And how you level up and stuff is you put in your habits. So you've got habits, you've got um, daily tasks, things that you have to do every day. You've got a to-do list. Um, and I think that's it. And there's rewards as well. What was it called? Habatica, so, did you say? Habatica, yeah. So so for the habits, you know, you've got your, you could put maybe things that you're struggling, sins that you might be struggling with. So if you put negative, your hate, your health goes down like a monster. Mm. And if you put positive, you gain experience and gold and you could buy with that gold, you could buy new armor and you can go on quests with your friends. So what I've been doing is I've been using that for my job. So what I found was that like, if I do this with my job, um, I, I get more done and I'm really motivated because I want to get like, I want to gain that new set of armor. So, so, uh, and, and what I knew that if I overdo this, like you were saying, overburdening and doing too much at once, and I do it with daily life and my other tasks, it would be too much. So what I've done is I slowly introduced new habits, new tasks that I want to do every day to it. And Arabic's going to be a part of that. So when, uh, there we go. This one. So when, that when, is amazing. yeah, that's it. It's so cool. It's free as well. So, so, um, so basically I'm going to, um, when I do that hundred day Arabic, that's going to be my habit. So if I don't do it, oh, sorry, it's going to be my daily. So when, if I don't do it, if I don't tick it that day, I don't get the reward and I get like damaged in the game. So you get like HP and if you get all your health down, you, all your gold and all the, all the equipment that you've built up all that time, it goes and you have to kind of start again. And so, the can the characters interact with each other at all? Um, so what you can do is create parties. So okay. I've got a party of people. So the people that I might work with within work. So my, I've got a, a person that helps me with some editing and stuff. And we we set each other tasks. So we can be in a party and we can go on a quest. Okay. So you pick up a quest. So we all together by doing our tasks, we um we we're damaging the big boss and at the end you get like xp and gold and and special items and stuff and you we can also set up challenges so um we set up a um a, a level up your dean challenge and the challenge was with to make do one habit it was with a prayer so make that like daily um a daily thing uh 10 minutes of reading the quran every day and um what was the other thing subhanallah there's one more thing Oh yeah, um, it was um doing your adkar, your you know your um, oh yeah 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 duas yeah. So so um we, so we set that as a challenge, and everyone in the group had it added it to our list, so we could. And then at the end of the month, there's a winner, and they get a gems and stuff. It's just it. What it is is it. it, it this only this is only good for certain personalities, by the way. 
And what I found is my personality, I, I like to gamify things. I make things, I, I need, I've got ADHD as well. So my attention span's really low. So this this gives me short term rewards like endorphin bursts. So I I can make a I can make a task really split it down into small things. So I get to tick more boxes and get more little rewards and stuff. It's brilliant, man. So mm. when we do this hundred days of Arabic, that's what I'm going to implement that into my habatica. And because that and a whole thing is called habat habatica because it's about creating habits. And this is why I brought it up. So. I'm hoping after this hundred days, this has just been my lifestyle, you know, mm. that just doing Arabic every day and I'm able to, I'm able to um, achieve those goals. And and once it's a part of your habit in your life, the idea is that it's, it's less of a struggle and it's harder to drop. And if you do drop it, it's easier to pick it up. So yeah, that's the, go that's the idea. I'm really excited about it, bro. Good, have you told Charlotte, the audience good. about this yet? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've done an announcement about it. I'm going to put out an email to all the mailing list as well. And also I've, I've also recorded a podcast with Ryan, who's the CEO of Arabic workshop. Mashallah. So that'll go out a few, actually today. I'm, I'm, I'm going to push it out Brilliant. today, inshallah. But, but obviously by the time our episode comes out, we'll be about two weeks into the, um, into yeah, the 100 yeah. days, but people can still join though. I'll make that clear. Definitely. Anybody who's listening to this, they can still join in with 100 days because obviously you can catch up on 14 days because this is a very small amount that we're doing every day. The idea of it is to mm. um, build your Arabic little and often over those 100 days. It's not it's not my company. Um, it's a company called Arabic Workshop that are doing it. But you can go to Arabic. You can go to 100 days of Arabic. 100 just the number. You don't need to write out one o n a 100. It's the number 100 daysofarabic.com and you'll go to their website. But you can download that app as well app.arabicworkshop.com but um because those, those guys like they've they've really put in a lot of effort to building a really good app and really good resources Not and sure it's it's stuff that um i really admire their company like I've, I've known those guys for a little while and um yeah i'm, I'm a big um i'm a big advocate for, for their work and stuff and i i also really believe in putting other arabic resources on like a, a lot of people kind of see this as like me promoting the competition but i've just never seen it like that mm. really I, I believe in a I've I've always really thought that when whatever industry you're in, that the customer just really needs to come first. Like, obviously, I prefer to use the term student, but as we're having a conversation about the industry, I'm I'm only saying customer yeah. because of that. Like, I, I remember hearing something that Warren Buffett said in one of his um one of his talks was was that you should always think about delighting the customer. Like when you wake up in the morning, to when you go to sleep, 100%. you should always be thinking about delighting the customer. And like, it's one of the reasons why why at some at the Arabic in sixty steps program we do some things that are actually they're actually really hard and actually quite expensive. Like, like for example, writing the workbooks, like these workbooks, mm -hmm. write, writing these, binding them, printing them, shipping them, orchestrating worldwide shipping and stuff at no extra cost and things like this. Like, I don't know if there's another online Arabic program that does that. Right. And it's, it's a, and the reason is because it's a, it's a pain. Right. But I know that if I joined a program, I'd love to receive something in the post. Like yeah, I just yeah. like to receive something in the post. I'd like to be able to yeah. interact with something physical in front of me and put pen to paper. And I, I know that that delights the students. So, so we do it. Do you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so, but so back to um, Arabic workshop though. So yes, yeah, so, so students could join in with that even now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to mention something about that. You're saying that, because I, because before I did what I did, I I was a retail manager and in in a niche business where you where the like 
do everything for the customer like even if it's a detriment to yourself or or the or the shop for example if a customer came in um like five minutes before shutting we'd we, we be, i worked in like a toy shop that does games and stuff and we would show our part of our job was to show people games the game how it works and and it could take like an hour sometimes they get to like um build the thing and then play with it and stuff like that so it, you'd think five minutes you've done a whole day's work and someone comes in and goes what's this all about then no, any normal person would just be like or normal business be like well i'll tell you what you can come back tomorrow or next time and but our our philosophy was that person needs an introduction so it doesn't matter so we, uh, a detriment to my purse i wasn't getting paid when that the, the clock went off the shop was open longer and you know things like that and i it's that i carried on into into my life generally with islam and with learning the thing with islam bro what you just said about you, you know i don't care about um i don't see it as competition if you look at it with the muslim lens okay we want for our brother what we want for ourselves so why would you like why wouldn't you do that you know and at the end of the day like the end we do everything for the sake of allah and gain rewards for allah so we'd like keep us away from the fire and enter us into higher rankings in jannah yeah so by you helping if the goal is just that people learn arabic and they're happy that's the goal not that they learn oh, I, I want a bit more money and things like that then that's how you win do you know what i mean because a lot of your students are muslim aren't they as well and and you're giving them the key to the quran you're giving them the key to the um sayings of the prophet peace upon him to enhance their deen so alhamdulillah it's that's exactly the right attitude to have to be honest i think so, it's yeah. i think when um, when some people fall into perhaps the trap of um of, of thinking that the sort of in competition with other people in the market it, it probably comes from a a lack of understanding that allah is our razaq that Allah is mm -hmm. a provider as well, and perhaps thinking that there's a that there's a limit, you know, there's a limit of how how much you could get. There's only so much to go around. Like it's a very kind of um, sort of small small minded way of thinking thinking about it. But so anyway, like but but even it's not even just the fact that they are there are other people in the industry. They are really good at what they do. Like their their resources sure. are really good, and their app is really good and stuff. Mashallah. So it's it's cool to kind of partner with them for sure the um that app by the way i'm going to put a link to it in the um in the description for, for anybody else who's interested in habitica is that how you pronounce it habitica, habitica. i think so yeah yeah habitica, habitica cool. yeah. I, I actually think it, it might be really good for my eldest son yusuf he might actually really like this because like he he's into gaming and stuff and i, I think that a, a lot of parents these days how old are your children how old's your oldest uh two so really oh, young. i see right okay fair enough fair I'm enough well, sure. like my, my eldest is six and um yeah it's it's a real it would be really good yeah it's it's a real test for parents generally just to kind of to manage um screen time and stuff it's it's got better since we've moved to somalia just because like the mm. weather's always nice it's always nice to be outside and it's always nice to do other things and stuff but so certainly when we're in the uk it's a it's a it's it's a it's a real challenge like a, i don't know even even saying it i know that there are parents out there who see it as like a failing that my children have ever ever see the screen and stuff but like a, <laughs> like if, if if there are things that i can when there are things that we can do to to gamify more more productive things in our lives it's yeah it's exactly. really good like like here as well obviously like my, my children go to a school here in somalia as well and like they go to school with children who 
who like at home they maybe have very limited electricity even like they go to school mm. with with children in that situation so like the, the children wouldn't get the references if if you said something about a game or whatever anyway so, so that's that, that's that's um that's that's um been been beneficial for us alhamdulillah but like they're definitely for yusuf he's old enough and he appreciates appreciates gamification in in some way to a degree where he would probably appreciate yeah. this maybe him and i will have some goals together <laughs> inshallah on there i think i think it's cool because you can you, you can create um like if if all the family members that are like, old enough had it had it you can create a family like party and um you can create tasks for him where he gets rewards so you could be like right clean your room you're gonna get if you clean your room you'll get this much gold how cool is that and then you could buy that um, like shield that you wanted or that you know that you, what you can also do on the game is get little pets and you collect them so you get like mounts and pets and you feed them up and it's about collecting things so the mm. whole game is about like upping your level and collecting things and and that's perfect for kids that's to get cool. them productive and and it's also a good way of organizing the jobs um yeah you know, for sure like household things and and school if you're doing well at school you can give them a reward via this mm. thing and it's a subhanallah it's brilliant it's i think that's really, really cool my my children actually have their own tablets but that, that's not to say they always have access to them though they don't um they stay in my office um and my mm -hmm. office locks as well so they they don't have access to them all the time and they only have like when when i find that i, I give my children their own their own devices i can really control what they have on them do you know what I mean? Like, firstly, like we have an advantage here. I don't know if it's like the in Somalia when you get internet, the default is that it's like restricted. Like anything indecent or stuff is restricted. That's the default. Yeah, and you and yeah. to uh, yeah, alhamdulillah. To to have to have um indecent things available, you need to tell the people to unlock it for you. And who's doing that? Like yeah. when the guys comes <laughs> when the guys come to like install the internet, who's tapping them on the shoulder and saying, "Can you?" unlock the filth for me yeah <laughs> basically basically telling uh, what am i going to get up to yeah know? exactly Who, who's doing that so so anyway the, the default here is that the internet is 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 safe anyway generally but like when, when my children have their own have their own devices i just know that that is the only thing that they can access and there are these there are these devices we've got for the the two boys that are they're four children anyway like you like you can't just go downloading apps willy-nilly on them like they, they have a mm. setting that you need to get a parent's password and stuff didn't do anything like that. So like they can have, they can each have their own accounts on Habitica and Yusuf can have his sorters of the Quran in there and like little, little chores. Like you, I'm, I'm starting to get Yusuf involved in my work a little bit. He's got to like set up my tripod and stuff. The little, little jobs, oh, like, little, little jobs like yeah, that. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. yeah. Alhamdulillah. With, um, I don't know if she, like here in Somalia, it's, um, it's like, as like gifts that you give the kids. So this is the currency here in Somalia, Somali shilling. Yeah. That's what they're like. Mm. And this is a thousand. It's worth about 50p maybe. But like what they're for is like, we just give these to the kids to go and buy sweets and stuff. So like Yusuf gets gets those <laughs> as his treats and stuff to go and buy yeah, you know, sweets Brilliant. or mango or whatever he fancies that day. So so that's really cool. So um, are there any are there any other, whilst you're kind of on the topic of it, because I've kind of gone through like probably every sort of month or so, I like to kind of like sharpen up my productivity and whatever it might be in my yeah. life. And um. Yeah, recently I've been into um the YouTube channel. Do you know Ali Abdal? Have you seen his YouTube channel before? I've heard of it actually. I've, yeah. I haven't watched it. I just ring the name rings a bell. So he he's actually been on Freshly Grounded as well. Um, I saw his I saw his mm. episode on Freshly Grounded not so long ago, and he's he's got millions of subscribers. And he he's actually a um he's actually like a qualified doctor. He, he's not a full time doctor anymore with a YouTube channel like that. I mean, who would be? Do you know what I mean? Like mm. with with a YouTube channel that's so he could do whatever he wants now, but. 
Um, but yeah, like I've been watching his YouTube because he even does like tech reviews and stuff like that, which are really interesting. Like my, I've had my cool. my laptop for about eight years now, and I could I should probably get something new sometime. But but anyway, so like one one little hack that I've kind of started implementing in my life recently is um not having a to do list. So but not calling it a to do list. I call it a get to do list. It's such a small mm. little tweak, but it really reframes the tasks that I do every day. And it reminds me that the career that I have for myself is entirely what I've chosen to do. You, Sam, you get to do a podcast with Simon Says Squat today. Like you get to mm. do, have a conversation with Ben Iqra today. Like Sam, you get to sit down and put out some of your ideas into the world. You get to answer the questions of Arabic students today. It really just kind of reframes the, the things that I do. And, and then also another one is not having goals. So that's like, I've always written goals for myself. I thought to be yeah. a productive human is to have goals, right? But mm -hmm. I, I've kind of come to the idea that goals are kind of overrated in, in a, uh, mm. in, in in some senses, right? Like, and, and actually, for a lot of things, it's, it's better more to, to to think about, to, to to more think about just the habit, right? So, like, rather than rather than saying like, just as an example, I want to earn three thousand pounds in a month, just as an example, right? Rather than thinking like setting that goal for a certain time, focus on just the habit that gets that goal, right? Because the goal is kind of arbitrary. Like, would you complain if it was four thousand, or would it be, or, or would it, would you still be able to afford the things you wanted if it was two thousand nine hundred? Like the goal, in a sense, is is arbitrary for some things. And um, mm. I don't know. It's kind of um, it's. it's I, I feel like those two things at the moment are things that have just kind of been on my mind that I think are kind of interesting. So I, I don't know, like, because all can... of these, all of these things, so sorry, sorry, I'll round off this point really quickly. That's so all right. no, no, so no, like, no like, like all of these things are actually really important for Arabic students. Because at the end of the day, if you want to achieve anything in your life, you need some level of command over your time and managing your life. Mm. Like really, yep. if you want to achieve anything, mm -hmm. like it's, there, there is, there are some things kind of before just, saying i'm going to learn arabic the, the, yeah. the student does need to have some kind of some kind of um, management of their life i suppose so as as, as so you I, mentioned habitica go, go ahead i know I, I, there's two things bro one i'm going to give you one tip that's actually changed my working life um next level like productivity that is really good the second thing i just want to mention what you said the majority of people don't do that the majority of people don't set goals and and to do lists and stuff. They just live YOLO as it is. They take the day as it comes. And I think, um, as an Arabic teacher, this is my only my opinion, like subjective. As an Arabic teacher, I think if you give the your student the tools for just productivity, to how to be productive, how to set goals, and why it's important, you, I think there'd be a bit bigger um turnover of people who um complete what they're what they want for arabic and stop dropping out and stuff um because i think from my because i'm from that 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 school of thought that old school of thought of just wake up see what the day brings and go to bed that's what i, I live most of my life like that and it's only recently it's only once i've been i had responsibility big responsibilities is where i've i've been forced into being more productive and i've struggled with it it's a get like it, it, it's it's like against my grain but i have to find ways to do it to because because just exactly what you said because if i want to progress in in the in life in the dunya in the akra i've got to set these goals this is this this is a, this is a trait of a muslim to be honest and when, when i say goals i know you're saying earlier goals don't matter habits matter but stepping forward like i said if you're just stagnant it just you're going to be stagnant and or you'll slowly step back so 
So it's like helping people on the journey of becoming productive. It would be a massive thing in my, my humble opinion. But the second thing, this is my biggest tip with productivity. The Habatica is really cool, but it was just like a side thing. It's a thing you might've heard of it. It's called Pomodoros. Have you heard of that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. This, this made me, um, so I, I'm a massive procrastinator. It's within me to procrastinate. I don't know what, like some people say it's because of the ADHD or whatever, but this is next level. I give myself 45 minutes of work and 15 minutes break. Okay. So I set an alarm. So before I start my day, I get my Habatica up and I set my day up. One of my dailies is to set my, organize, organize my Pomodoro. So how many am I going to do today? And, and, and you set your, instead of going, I'm doing eight hours work, I'm going to do this many Pomodoros. And basically you set your goals for the day in, into small tasks, everything. And then you start and you go, right. And I, I've got an Alexa right there. She's going to say something now because I've said her name, but I say, duh, duh, duh. I'm not going to say her name because she'll start saying it. Um, 45 minute timer. And I just put my headphones on and I do the work and where I get bored or I feel like oh, right now I'd probably go and get myself coffee because that timer's there. I just keep going. I just keep going until like that end. And the, the 15 minute reward, basically the, that 15 minutes is like a reward. And I get more work, even though I'm kind of working less hours because I'm working sets of 45 minutes, I get double, sometimes double the amount of work done. Spanala. Just because it helps you get into that super focus. And, and the big, the cool thing is sometimes it gets me into that super focus so much that I skip the break and I just set the timer again mm. and I count it as a problem. That means I get to go home early. So I'm like, mm. right. Oh, cool. I'm, I've done three Pomodoros without breaks. So that's like what 45 minutes for, for go home early sort of time. So, and as long as those jobs are done, it's for me, I'm, I'm done for the day. And, and it's the mix of game of, Buying my tasks and setting pomodoros for my tasks it's literally changed my life to be mm. honest and i'm really excited and this is why i'm really excited to be on the, this podcast i'm really excited to now introduce arabic within that system because i think because of that i will thrive inshallah inshallah yeah. i think That's the um i think the actual um out there i think the actual science of pomodoros was um was was originally actually supposed to be 25 minutes with a five minute break and then you would do four yeah, of those I and then have that. a half an hour yeah. break or something but obviously like it's not a rule is it like it's not like it's not a rule so i, I wanted to ask like is 45 minutes like a sweet spot for you like a 45 minute session so i tried break I, tr I tried different ones. I started with 25 minutes and it matters what work you do. So 25 minutes might be really good for Arabic or reading the Quran. Like 20, uh, say you want to do two Pomodoros of 25 minute Pomodoros of the Quran. Then that's like an hour of reading the Quran and you're just giving yourself a five minute break in between. Alhamdulillah, that's wicked. But what, because I'm a video editor and I do things, you need to, you need to, the, 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 it needs to be longer. So I tried the next one was 45 minutes and the 15 minute breaks, you get more of a reward reward. So it feels like I'm cheating a bit and cheating. It's psychological. And I find that uh, worked better. I did 52 minutes and 15 as well. And I did one hour and 50. And like, I've tried all sorts. And I think 45 minutes is perfect because the whole idea of it is to stop you procrastinating so when for example when i get distracted if whatsapp comes up and i start typing to that whatsapp to people and that i go on habatica on my habits and i say i got distracted and that habit is only a negative habit so it just gives me like a boom like and there was one point it, within habatica that 
I was doing it. So I was I was getting distracted so much and not doing certain tasks that I nearly died. We were fighting this big boss. Had to spend my money to, for a, for a healing potion, <laughs> which I wanted a new a new armor, right? And I had to change my way. So it, it like the 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 pairing of these two is wicked because I was like, right, I'm getting distracted too much. I really need to stop that. So I I'm then put effort. So I was like, right, I'm not. Ha I'm turning my internet off on my phone, and I'm not having WhatsApp up on my computer anymore while I work. And because of that. I dig, you know, and it, it just rolls together. So it's really worked well for me. It's Panala. Yeah. We could have a yeah, we so could have 45 a, minutes is my sweet spot. We could have an Arabic in 60 steps Habatica party. We could. Um, That'd be brilliant. I'll, I'll seriously consider that. I'd, yeah. yeah. You can I'll... create guilds as well. <laughs> so there's different types. So you've got parties, which is a small group of individuals that do quests together. Mm -hmm. And then you've got guilds, which can be hundreds of people. Okay. So that'd be perfect. It'd be like your WhatsApp group. But with that, as your guild master, you can set challenges. So, and, and the challenges, when you set a challenge, the person, let's say it's the hundred days of Arabic, you set that challenge. And then you set what the tasks are, the habits, the dailies or the to do list things you set them and they go on to automatically the person who accepts the challenge it gets uh, puts it on their list. So and at the end of it, you'll see a score of who did it the most and who like maybe fit, like you, you got you've got a list of person people and at the end they can get a reward of gems which they can use to buy items and stuff so um so it'd be wicked for arabic 67 if that but the thing is what i've learned is lots of people are motivated differently i'm very motivated by this gamify thing some people just don't like that and they're not they're not on board but i think um for the people that procrastinate a lot and um they feel like they need short-term goals and low endorphin levels or whatever endorphins all the time then this is perfect for them mm -hmm. so it's definitely worth trying inshallah i think it's um... anyone out there uh, try it try it out yeah absolutely i think it's particularly uh, maybe it particularly serves um uh, younger users um and people who struggle with mm. long-term concentration maybe like there's there's some of our, our students who are in their you know 60s 70s um who who maybe just couldn't be dealing with it but may, maybe they're of a generation yeah, yeah. where they're just more used to concentrating for longer times they're not as stimulated yeah. all the time by stuff you know so may, may, yeah. maybe that maybe that's the case that is awesome i, I, I I'll, I'll clarify mm. something that I, I said about goals, actually, because it, it reminded me about it when you when we talked about Pomodoro's. So something that I really like about studying with Pomodoro's is because it's actually realistic about how our brains conceptualize things. So like I, I actually don't think our brains are very good at conceptualizing long term goals. And when I say long term, I don't even mean very long. I mean, like months. So to achieve something in three months. I don't think our brains are very good at conceptualizing what can be achieved in three months. I actually heard a, um, mm. I think it was a Tony Robbins ebook actually that I listened to that like humans, we, um, we set ourselves way too much to do in a day, but nowhere near enough to do in a decade. Like if you look at your to-do list in a day, it's probably got all the stuff you can think of on it. Like all the things that we should be doing in our life are in that to-do list mm -hmm. for a day. Right. But like, if you think about a decade, how well have you really planned a decade? And I, I think like three months, six months, one year goals could actually be restrictive. Like if, if we took the example, just because I said it earlier, if we were to think like, um, uh, actually, let, let's not make it financial. As it's this podcast, let's make it about Arabic, right? If we were to say like, yeah. I, I want to get to a position where I can have a 20 minute conversation only in Arabic, right? In three months, okay? That might yeah. actually be a lot less than what you could achieve if you just thought about the day-to-day -day habit. If you just thought, I'm going to practice, I'm going to make it a habit. I am a person who uses Arabic every day for two Pomodoras a day or one, right? One may be, may be better, right? 
right if, if you were to say that you might be in a position where you could have a, a two hour long conversation by the end of it because actually our brains i'm just not convinced that we're very good at conceptualizing long-term goals really we're we're much better at conceptualizing shorter term things that we maybe do, do in the day so like okay Wouldn't... yeah that, that's something i wanted to clarify a hundred percent. One of my biggest struggles as like, so I, I was a manager for over 10 years. Okay. One of my biggest struggles was setting long-term goals and it was needed of me. Okay. And what I learned was exactly the same thing. If there's a short-term goal within the week or within the day, you can really structure it out on how it's going to work perfectly. And you can, you can know what you can achieve in that time. And you can, you can stretch it if you want. What I found, I do believe long-term goals are important actually but i think they should be broad and vast so okay. uh, for example i got a, um my friend uh, dr imran we were we went to turkey to um i went to turkey to do this visionary course for dawa so the idea is a big vision like having a big one vast broad goal okay on the way home he told me about this um this diary called clever fox okay this is another productive thing uh, so what it is it's a year diary undated so you could do it as you want where you set uh, you set a uh, year uh, no you set life goals broad life goals and you cut them up and you review each your month uh, a month and quarter and stuff like that but with the spirit and it it, it does it in like finance um business uh, spirituality relationships and breaks it all down to different aspects of your life and with spirituality like this is really strange for me because my biggest goals is le actually learning Arabic and understanding it and, and having that relation. But yet I do in my Dean, probably the least it's really weird. So I do a lot of dawah and I'm not going to tell you about all my good deeds and stuff, but I do a lot of things that's not Arabic, even though my big want is Arabic. And it's because it's probably the hardest thing for me to do. Right. So I set like, I set my um goals. All right. From uh, one year, five year, um, 10 year and 20 year. Mm -hmm. And basically by 10 years, I was like, I want to be um, almost fluent in Arabic. And and by 20 years, I I, I'll be, I want to be able to teach people and stuff. Um, and 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 it's very it's very and for me to think that in 10 years, 10 years isn't long. 10 years ago, I became a Muslim. You know, it's it, you, you, your your years go fast, man. We did that podcast a year ago. You thought it was six months ago to 10 years of me to be fluent in Arabic seems unattainable right now. But if I create that goal because I want to get there and I make it vast so I don't underachieve, I can set little goals through the month and little goals through the day to get closer to that goal. Remember when I said the analogy of walking the path? That's that's how it is in my head. So mm -hmm. I think I think long term goals are good if they're if they're broad and um, they're a vision. They're a vision oh, yeah. rather than a tangible. I want to earn 10K a month by this time have a vision that's broad i want to I, I want to be able to for my job right i want to have um a um international uh, muslim media agency that supports the dawah and and gives people the tools they need to level up their um their production that that, that could be the big goal it doesn't have to be and it could be the same with arabic i want to be able to have a close relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i want to be able to read the sources of material that they're out are out there understand them for myself and not rely on someone else that could be a, a, a big vision so um so yeah that's how i look at it bro are you afraid to fail your big goals um, no, because I know they'll change as I go along. And that's the big thing is because it's so, f and, and this is why I agree with you. I think it's important to set the goals, but it's not, uh, don't expect them to be your goals for the rest of your life. 
they will change. So my year goal might change because I might find that because I review, I want to review it every month. I might find that I'm actually with this Pomodoro and this um, Habatica uh, implement the, the Arabic. I might be smashing it. I might be like, uh, and, and uh, with reviewing yourself every month going, right, how did I actually do with my goals? Okay, so my relationship, uh, I spent more time with the kids. Yeah, wicked. Okay, I've got some more clients for work. That's good. Uh, Arabic, do you know what? I, I'm, I'm not, I'm a bit slow at the moment. What do I need to do? I actually, last time I was really good with Arabic, I had a teacher. Okay, I'm going to put some money aside. I'm going to get someone once a week and I'm going to do it, have a teacher. Then I can change it. And then I might find that, you know, I can I can change the goal as I go. But mm. having a big, vast vision to get there, at a point we have a big, in Islam, yeah, we have, that. this is a part of our deen. We have to have that goal. If we don't mm. have that goal of Jannah, and we are told that we should desire and want and ask for the highest ranks of Jannah, not just, just like a lot of people that, that I talk to, they just don't want to be in the fire. No, we, we, as Muslims, we're meant to get to the highest ranks. So Allah's teaching us to have big goals, have um, massively, if it feels unattainable to seek it. Um, and uh, yeah, subhanAllah, we, and that be, by having those goals in our mind and our visions in, in our day-to-day -day life and being aware, conscious of them means that we're going to be going to step towards them, that we're just going to do that. Because, but when we don't have a vision in the future and we um, just look at today, then we, we, we bumble in the dark a little bit. You might achieve really cool things there, but you're kind of doing this that day and that, that day. And that, that's, that's my experiences anyway. And this, this, this whole thinking is completely against my, um, my natural way, like the, how I am. I'm very YOLO. Just what I, I just do. And some days, man, some days I don't do anything and I don't do Habatica and I don't do Pomodoros and I spend the day just going and, and it, but you just get back on the horse. Mm -hmm. uh, because I know that's what works, and that's uh, you know, and that's if I'm going to achieve anything in in this dunya or the akhara, that I've got to do that for me for me to succeed. And I'm really excited to do the Arabic, man. I can't wait. I'm, I'm really glad that you've um, you've brought up um, bigger, longer term visions. Perhaps I would distinguish between those bigger, longer term visions. I, I actually don't think people are ambitious enough with those. The, the reason mm -hmm. why I asked you if you were afraid to fail on your big goals or fail to achieve your big visions, as we mentioned, is that. I think a lot of the time people set their big, bigger, long-term goals based on what they think is attainable. And I actually yeah. think sometimes they do a disservice to Allah's bounty and Allah's generosity yeah, in those things. And I think um, because we we talk about failure and making mistakes and stuff as like one of the worst things you can do, I, I think a lot of the time people are afraid. And um, I've tried to make an effort in myself to not restrict the things that I want I want in life based on what the people around me would approve of. Like if I, if I say things to like, like my, my family are a fairly like normal working class family. My dad was a mechanic growing up. My mum had a nursery, things like that. Like in, in that kind of environment, if I was to say, like, I want to build a YouTube channel and earn X amount, let's put some, let's put a big number on it. Like let's say like $50,000 a month. Okay. Let's just put something big on it. Right. A lot of people wouldn't have that. That's entirely attainable. There's plenty of YouTubers out there who earn that right? It, it's a thing that people get, and it's not out of the realm of Allah's bounty to, to grant that to people, right? But like a lot of people are, um, I'm, I'm going to use a, a strong word, not not to put people down, but to, to try to shock people into realizing how much they really could achieve. Some people are really cowards in this regard, and they let the other cowards around them set their goals based on 
what they themselves think they can achieve rather than truly understanding Allah's bounty. So like I, you know, I, I actually think people really should be brave enough to say the things that they really want and even go beyond the things that they really want, right? Like, like for example, like if I think about my financial goals and stuff, like really in terms of what I actually need, like I, I live in Somalia and I'm family orientated and I get great reward and joy out of using Somali with my family and stuff. And th those aren't things that cost a lot of money, right? But like, why, what's wrong with me saying, do you know what? I want to buy a jet for my wife one day. And what's really wrong with that? The thing that's wrong with it is that most people just think you're off your head, right? That, yep. That's one thing. And the other thing that's wrong with it is that most people are just scared to fail in it. But like, mm -hmm. if at the end of the day, if I go through my life thinking, I really want to be ambitious. I want to, I want to build a school here in Somalia. I want to build a hospital. I want to buy my wife a jet so she can go to Ramadan whenever she wants or whatever, right? If I say those things, if I fail, if you're okay with uh, with that might not happen, like, what's, what honest, does it matter? Bro. Do you know what I mean? Go on, go on. I'm going to be honest. So if you had a vision, and this is for everyone watching, yeah? If you had a vision of um, buying your wife a jet, okay? It, within 10 years, right? 10 years time, I want to buy my wife a jet and we're going to go to Umrah every month on the jet. That's the, that's the goal. <clears throat> And you reflect on that goal or vision every day, okay? And you make little little steps to get there. After that 10 years, if you haven't bought the jet, I bet you bought um, a sports car or I bet you've bought something else or, or, or bet you've done and achieved something else that if you didn't set that goal, you would have just got your normal work, monthly wage um, that you did every day, yeah? So uh, for this, is, it, this is very new to me. This is like in the last year, this has really opened up to me maybe two years actually i was in my old job and this again it's money wise we're talking translating to arabic though um but i was very happy with getting paid a pittance a month thinking it was good uh and and given responsibility and and i had like ego prestige i i this is my shop and uh, i've got my staff and we're the top guys that like the top 10 in the uk with our sales and stuff and i was getting nothing bro and i thought it was brilliant i was like yeah that's really good and my god and 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 because i i did i basically if i'm really honest i don't think i felt i deserved more money um and I, I deserved more things uh, that that someone that me someone in my category of person my upbringing and skill that you only you're lucky to get this to be honest Ben like that's what you get and it was actually take uh, it was actually like the last year of my me be, do, doing that job I was I had a lot of side hustles and things are coming out of this thinking of actually the real re, the real thing Allah says uh, uh, actually I, I'm not going to say Allah says because I don't know the quotes and it might be hadith instead in Islam we're taught to seek Allah's bounty to go out there and get it it's there the, the risk is written for you just go and get it tie your camel go and get it it's like there if you seek it you'll get it um and there's lots of hadith where the prophet peace upon him told um gave advice to the companions of what to do spiritually to gain what you want in the dunya as well okay and and as soon as i took my mentality of being in this prison this box that ben is only this person he only deserves this money uh, i do this job i'm i'm lucky if i get like regional manager or whatever and then i i i started making side hustles and doing things and and doing a like where i used to bro i used to work uber eats after working a manager job i used to get on a bike after and do two hours of delivering pizza you know things like that to gain that extra money and a lot like and my goal was i want a certain thing my goal was to get to 
provide a, a beautiful life for my, my, my wife at the time because um this is this is what where i think when you put yourself in a position of responsibility you that pushes you to do those things but anyway that's another thing so and and Allah opened it up for me because Allah gave me the the risk that I need and and I'm not I, I, this isn't to boast about money or anything because I'm not rich at all but I'm earning more than I did when I was the manager of, of a shop and 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 I'm in, you know and and this was a a click for me because because I've seen the results of doing that thing it's you now it, from it being an idea that you want to try out it's a now a belief. It's now mm. a knowing that this works and you could do it. And it's coming back to Arabic is, is this formula works and you could do it now with any aspect of life. Subhanallah. It doesn't have to be about money. It could be about improving your relationship with your wife. That might have been rocky for the last couple of years. It could be about raising the uh, a, a really intelligent child that's on their dean. It could be about learning Arabic language so you don't have to rely on other people and you can read the Quran with ease. The thing that puts me off reading the Quran sometimes, some days I don't do it. I have it in a routine is because I find it hard, bro. And and I'm a bit and, and I do fail. I go, I, I want to do three lines in this Pomodoro or whatever in this 20 minutes or and and I don't do it and I struggle. And maybe if I do it with someone else, that person's correcting me. And I'm thinking that guy, I was better than that guy last year. And now he's better than me. What's going on? Do you know things like that happen? But no, knowing that having these big goals, setting yourself a big goal and breaking them, breaking them down through the years, you will achieve it, inshallah. And and mm -hmm. a lot if you and this is the biggest, this is the ending. If you ask Allah for it and have the intention for his sake, it's gonna be done. It's done. Mm -hmm. Subhanallah. <laughs> it's it's done like i i want money so i can do this uh, for the for your sake oh, I, and and i'm and you don't just make dua this in life you don't just go oh Lord, I can't, I'm, uh, can you give me this and then you just go yeah wait for it that's not the way the prophet problem we've all heard the, the hadith about the time the camel there's a companion that had a camel and he was like he just obviously just learned a, he's probably a new muslim learned about um like allah controls everything and stuff and he asked the prophet do i just leave just make dua then and allah will look after my camel or shall i tie it and and then and, and the prophet said tie the camel then make dua meaning that you've gotten put the effort in allah says in the quran to um that he doesn't change the condition of someone with until they change it within themselves mm. so so you know so yeah so i got very passionate there Subhanallah. But honestly honestly guys like anyone watching i think what i wanted from this podcast bro is people that are in my position or even worse that um that don't do arabic because they because they um they, they don't achieve in this in this thing they keep quitting or they haven't got their life together with this sort of stuff but um if you're a muslim right you're a muslim and you don't know arabic and you want to allah uh, revealed his words in this language of the arabic language you know and if you ask allah that you want to be able to to understand it and read it for his sake and you make those steps allah will make it make it happen and that's mm. our belief as muslims and if you don't believe that and you don't have it like if you don't fully believe it in your heart then there's that's something that you need to reflect on and think and, and reflect and go why why is this and there might be other deeper reasons like anyway i'm ranting on bro uh, productivity has been my thing this year so that's why i've been ranting about it so subhanallah awesome <laughs> to um to, to, to round off inshallah all of the stuff all of the stuff that you've put on the table and everything i think maybe the homework for the listeners inshallah would be firstly to have a really big vision for your arabic 
right? Like have a really mm. big vision for, for really who is like the ideal Arabic user and speaker that you want to be. Like, do you really want to, do you want to be a person who can d- deliver the khutbah completely in Arabic without even looking at the notes, you know? <laughs> do, do you want to mm. be that guy? Do you, do you want do you want to be the person who goes into the the Arabic cafe or whatever and you, you order in Arabic, you order for your family in Arabic and stuff. And, you know, you get mistaken even for maybe being an Arab, like have, have these lofty goals, have That'd these, e- yeah. even though the Arabic in 60 steps program is my program, I want you to get to be a person who has a vision that you will be so good at Arabic that the program is just nothing. You can just turn mm. up to that. You could turn up to any page of the program and be like done that, that, that page of the book will be done. Have these, have these big goals for, for, for your Arabic. And then also think about in the, in the now where our brains are perhaps strongest and have the best kind of appreciation for, um, for 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 amounts and stuff. Set your immediate your immediate habits and stuff, and maybe use um habitica or one of the other things that we've, we've talked about in this yeah. episode, inshallah. So um, I'll round it out, I suppose, by um thanking you. So I want to say thank you so much for coming to join me today. Thank you for taking time out of your day and everything. I know you're 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 three hours behind me, so you're bang in the middle of your working day that um that you've spared for us. So I want to th- I want to thank you so much. And obviously for myself on behalf of the Arabic in 60 Steps community as well. And um, we'll bid you farewell with uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.